Welcome to My Heart Songs podcast number 112. The revolution begins with me being free. Freedom involves the precious gift of choice and the power to change both our internal perceptions and external circumstances. We have an abundance of it still in this country, although each day it seems a bit more precarious. Winston Churchill once quipped, the best argument against democracy is a five-minute conversation with the average voter. He's absolutely right. The more so it seems whenever I speak with folks of the opposite political persuasion, whose blind faith in a rogue leader seems even more dangerous than the equally unintelligent liberal belief that bureaucracy and government can solve all our problems. I love the Italian language for its expressiveness as well as its outrageous idioms. There is a great one for those people who glom onto you and just keep on ranting, their monologue oblivious to your facial and bodily feedback that screams, basta, enough. Such a chatty individual who's determined to stop you for a 15-minute lecture about what's wrong with America each time you encounter them is an... Attacca Bottoni, best translates as someone who literally attaches your buttons. The visual is someone keeping you too close for too long as if they were making tailoring repairs on the shirt you're wearing. The English equivalent might be buttonholing you, but that word simply does not have the flair and intensity of Attacca Bottoni. Churchill also said, democracy is the worst form of government except for all the others. I would argue that there are alternatives worth discussing, especially when it comes to providing health care and altering our ever-increasing wealth gap and lack of social justice, where we might learn a thing or two from socialist leanings. Capitalism, it has been said by minds with greater insight than mine, is great at creating abundance and wealth, but not so good at divvying up the pie. The late Soviet defector Yuri Bezmenov was a KGB agent who fled to Canada in 1970. He pointed out that there were four stages of collapse for a nation. Demoralization, destabilization, crisis, and normalization. Demoralization, which takes decades and involves an undermining of the country's basic core values, has already happened in the U.S. With destabilization, initiated with the financial crisis of 2008, now reaching a climax due to COVID-19. So crisis is next, and as we approach Election Day, I feel that we may indeed get to experience that as well. I believe it was Stalin who said, who votes doesn't count. What counts is who counts the votes. Uh, Our little lives are big problems. The confusion is so manifest, there often seems to be no starting place to take hold. Frenzied dreams and restless churnings have been my norm these past days. All of this pre-election agita feels my urge to go primitive in a quest for freedom, drop out of the electronic plane, hide somewhere in mud and chaos, and allow the spirits to sing through me in many wild ways. Thomas Jefferson suggested, quote, I just need to grow my own food, live off the grid, stop paying taxes. Every living thing lives for free, except humans. When the people fear their government, there is tyranny. When the government fears the people, there is liberty. Close quote. 
I do understand there is a fine balance of being pervicacious when necessary and going with the flow. Somehow slowing down to the speed of life enhances my capacity for moving at the speed of trust. At men's group this week, we had a discussion about being, doing, and having. My personal contention is that so many of us have difficulty just being because we're so habituated to distractions, especially the electronically addictive ones. And our doing is often not satisfying, at least in terms of the satisfaction of literally planting seeds and then caring for a garden and appreciating the harvest, or experiencing the doings of real community in a barn raising. So much mindless maintenance to be done each day in the modern world, the spirit-withering endless to-do lists that do not bring me alive. So I escape that great emptiness by focusing on having, where with a click I can obtain yet another object I've come to believe will enhance my existence and perhaps temporarily fill up the void. In our confusion, we then pass on to the next generation, the dis-ease of consumer madness. What if we taught children to meditate at an early age, the just-being part of the brain, and focused on helping them enjoy functionlust, the joy of doing in the pride of craftsmanship sense, the healthy doing aspect of neural development? Not pointing fingers here, just cogitating on my own repetitive dilemmas. The Buddhist concept of shenpa might be of service in this conundrum. Usually translated as attachment, the feeling is more that of being hooked. It's an everyday sensation for most of us where we can feel stuck with that sticky feeling that we've been here before. At the subtlest level, the triggered tightening, tensing, withdrawal, and sense of closing down seems all too familiar. Not far from those sensations lives self-denigration, blame, anger, and jealousy, each of which carries its own unique flavor of poisoning our words and actions. Shenpa drags us out of the present into a painful, habituated past. Seeking relief from such unease, we crave comfort via food, sex, shopping, alcohol or other drugs, or even work. Pick your favorite habitual hook that keeps one trapped. It seems that the way to freedom lies in staying with the uncomfortable feelings and practicing renunciation or refraining from the unhealthy coping strategies. Addressing things as they are, with all the craziness of the current election, consciously being and doing. Thanks again for listening, and remember, friends and family can easily sign up at myheartsongs.org.